I think what we have to do is break down some barriers. One, I think we have to tell and let, educate our guys to understand that, you know what? You don't have to be that way. You don't have to keep your guard up. I think a lot of the guard is because of the negativity. I think a lot of the guard is your ball breaking. There's a difference in ball breaking. There's a difference in being an asshole. True, but you need to know who's behind you. I'm talking about pushing people to their limits with job type scenarios. But I think which still still is kind of hazing if you look at it because you're putting them. It's not. It's the job. But, it's the job. But we're not doing as much of that. Yeah, and, and so let's and address that's that. Where you Why? Have to push because the guys that are senior in the firehouse these days are too freaking lazy and don't want to work at it anymore. That's the problem. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Jump Seat Radio, the podcast that shows up in Jersey, finds their way to the she shed, and welcomes back the <laughs> National Fire Radio. What's up, fellas? Hey. Hello, Ryan Pennington. <laughs> try that again. Hello? There you go. Try it again. now. Hello? Yep. Hi. We're not editing that out of Thanks yet. for coming in. <laughs> yeah, usually he's loud. You can pick him up on all the other microphones. So. Let's start with this, Tucker. We meet up at 8 o'clock this morning. A little background, right? So we have no idea what we're doing today. None. Right? Right. So we meet up. Uh, he's in town. I said, well, let's get together. We'll, we'll shoot some content. We'll do something. Uh, they got the Revolutionary Fools in northern New Jersey hosting a conference this weekend. They've been burning all weekend down at the Bergenfield Training Center. Uh, they got lectures going on around the, the area and so on. So I said, why don't we meet up this morning? We'll go check out the live burn. There's a bunch of rock stars down there uh, holding some classes and truly some real salty dudes down there. Um, right? I mean, the, whoever the old guy was with the gray hair and the burnt up helmet. Yeah. I want to be him someday. <laughs> he is. So I don't know his name, but he I believe he's uh, part of the burn center there. And this guy's been doing it forever. Oh, my gosh. And, yeah. He, I just I just wanted to go up. And, I, I was too embarrassed or, or shy to go talk to him. It's like, listen, someday I want to be you. It's like you got to watch out for the guy with all the gray hair and the salt all over. And it's just like he was just getting after it. Yeah. All those guys down there. I mean, that that burn center, it's a little privately held burn center. Um by the fire company down there in that town. Right. And they run it as a source of income for themselves. And they burn the snot out of that place. And I've been in training fires there. Yeah. Have you been at it? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. They carried a mortgage on that and they really? paid it off early. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And they yeah. have they have at least two nights a week booked on that place. Um, and people pay to go in there with their companies, but they get absolute belly to the floor type training in there and i will tell you yesterday i was down there for a good majority of the day watching these guys go through live fire evolutions and um you know towards the end these the the cans weren't even making a dent they were trying to do primary search with the can um and teaching the guys how to hold the fire back right room room origin so they can get past to do searches and uh, the can wasn't even making a dent i mean it was so hot up there they get that place cranking so when we came up here jeremy and i was riding up we were like what we're gonna talk about today He's like, I don't know. That's like, well, when we turn the microphones, it always kind of comes to me. And Jeremy, you hit on something on your way up here, and I really think it needs expressing from your viewpoint and mine. I really think that the status of the fire service, hands-on training slash training company slash guys and girls that have a mission to pay it forward with hands-on evolutions has just been, I don't want to say revolutionary, but I really like where we're headed. Yeah, I, so yeah, let's talk about this, right? There are so many conferences going on now. You know, years ago, it used to be your departmental training and then maybe a regional conference every once in a while, but then you would have the big conferences, right? Firehouse, fire engineering, right? maybe a symposium here or there that's sponsored by... Yeah, a, there were always three to five you'd have a year. You'd right, have, you yeah. know, but they were big name, but what happens with big name? Carries a big price tag. Yeah. Yep. I think what's happening now in the fire service is truly unique. And I think it has a lot to do with what you're doing, Ryan, and what we're doing at National Fire Radio is we're new to the game, but we're kind of we're kind of flipping a script. We're we're kind of signing on board that things are becoming modern, different, changing. You can maintain the culture and tradition. You can maintain training. You can maintain the same message. But in order to do that in today's day and age, you have to be on those platforms where people are going to hear it. Right. These smaller conferences, they're popping up everywhere. So some of them aren't going to make it, right? Right. These regional conferences, the different fools groups that are out there, I challenge everybody to go find a conference and check it out. Hundred, I think this weekend cost guys 175 bucks for, for uh, two and a half days, uh, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, of either live fire or a live fire and lecture 
a brotherhood event that had, you know, um, you know, cocktails that were part of the package, like right. all of it, right? I mean, right. it's it's an event. It's not just it's not just popping doors and throwing ladders and stretching lines. It's all of the other things that come with it. And when you can get to these regional training events, I've been to two in the last two weeks now. We went down to Louisiana with on scene training and Aaron Heller and his cast of characters down there. And I'll tell you, man, you want to talk about like eye opening experience? Just checking out a conference in a different part of the country where everything is different than what I know. Right. But the fundamentals are the same. But how we go about it, how we get after it, attitudes, mentality, all that is different based upon where you are. But when you have that love and you really are there for the firefighting aspect of it, not only is the training invaluable, but the relationships, the camaraderie, the brotherhood. You saw this morning on the fire ground. I mean, about right you have the ability to go on today if you need to fix the headlight on your pickup truck in your driveway you fix it yeah YouTube. and how do you do it i go to youtube you go to youtube I go to youtube right right so here's here's the thing and we talked about this this morning ryan oh. you and i we we talked to a friend of ours today who was doing some training which i learned in 10 minutes from him oh, right I, think he, about it he just sent me the text message and it's like he's talking about john haywick and his is beyond the basics fire training and jeremy stopped by and I know where you're going with this. If he would put that content on YouTube, he'd have a million downloads. A million. He would He would be able to build uh, a reputation and a brand based upon his skill set. And his skill set would be tried and true because when your methodology is solid right. and your training tactics are solid, it will definitely turn you into somebody of an authority. The problem is, though, is for so long, we're, we think everything's proprietary and we want to protect what our IP is, right? Right. Or intellectual property, right? Like what I own. Right. If I know how I'm drinking a macchiato right now, if I had the <laughs> best macchiato <laughs> recipe, if I tell everybody, right. it doesn't make my IP worth anything. So right. in this day and age, we a lot of the old school mentality is is that we need to protect your own IP. But the problem is, is how do you get that out there? The fire service, if we wanna if we wanna talk about the cliche statements that I hate saying, but the fire service is bigger than all of us. <laughs> Well, the fire service is bigger than all of us. There's no IP. Start sharing right. ideas. Start sharing your tactics and your experiences. And through that comes if you are a stand-up brother, if you believe in your craft and you believe in your IP, share it with the masses and you will still reap the reward of being that guy. You will have that brand. You will become the through-to-lock guy. You will become the engine company guy. It's all about being where the attention is nowadays. If you're not willing to put it out there for the masses to see and to benefit from, then it becomes white noise. And what happens is some guy that's going to take your class is then going to take what he thinks he knows because he took your four-hour class right. and he's going to put it out there. Yeah. And then he's going to reap the reward of being that guy. However, he has no practical experience or knowledge or the ability to be that guy, but he's willing to put it out there. And that's what's happening. And a lot of people will say that. They'll say, well, I don't want to give away all my tips and tricks for free because other people can run with that and they can benefit off of it. Sure. However, if you're that strong and you believe in your product and you believe in your IP, you'll win. You will always win. The IP being intellectual property. Yeah. And, and, and Jeremy, I, I want to keep running with this. Do it. <laughs> Do it, man. You know where I, you know where I go with this. It's so funny though because this is the conversation we had in the F one fifty doing like I don't know one hundred and eighty six miles an hour down a two lane road with the rest of New Jersey drivers. That I'm pretty sure the NASCAR needs to come here to recruit. You can't get over New Jersey drivers. Oh like, get gosh, over. They know, drive. know, yeah. There's only one pedal in the cars in New Jersey. And it's an accelerator, and it's like oh my god. Yeah, gosh. and then you but, people come in and you screw it all <laughs> up. Right. You give if there's a space, you know they're going to take it. Forget about a blinker, man. So, but Jeremy, I, I really think that's why the heart of this, the, what I want to capture here on these microphones today is there is so, I mean, what blew me away today, you're like, I, and I'm not going to name any names because I, 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 I'm not here to name drop, but you start naming names, rock star, name, rock star, name, rock star. And it's like, these are not some of the bigger people I've ever even heard ah, of before. Absolutely. And we got there and you were square on the money. My man, the, the, the craziest thing about this industry is if you're not in the top 25 names, you get no billing. Right. You don't get the support. You don't get the um, the recognition that you deserve. There are so many guys. And when I say guys, and I, I prefaced this the other night when I did a brotherhood speech right. uh, for, the, for this fool conference that kicked off. When I say brothers and I talk about firemen and firefighters and all, I'm talking about male and female. Because let me tell you something. Two weeks ago, we were in Louisiana, and there was a female instructor there that was top shelf. She was 
a rock star. She was a gangster. And you know what? She deserves all the spotlight in the world. And she deserves the same spotlight that all these other guys get. There are so many good instructors. There are so many good senior men. There are so many good, humbled guys out there that have stories to share that will make this job better and make me a better firefighter for hearing their stories. We got to get it out there. Yeah. And if National Fire Radio is a small little platform that might be able to find some of these guys and maybe say, hey, listen, let me help you. Let me boost this out there. Let me show them how good you are. Let's get your good word out there because at the end of the day, the younger generation needs some people to look up to in this fire service. And some of the older guys that have been doing this for a very long time, they're my gods, right? They're the guys that I looked up to. Those are the guys that I read their articles when I turned 14 years old up until I was 25, 30 years old. Right. I read their articles and I, I look at those guys and put them on a pedestal. The younger generation now needs more guys on the pedestal for them. You know, we bitch and moan about this younger generation, but what are we doing what are we doing as icons? What are we doing as a role model? What are we doing as guys in this fire service that are taking on that lead to look at this younger generation instead of pointing the finger and bitching? Let's help them. Let's become iconic for them. The only way you can do that is being on the platforms that matter and where the attention is. And I can't stress that enough. There are so many guys that I truly feel that if we can get them exposure on certain channels and certain platforms, they could they could become the next round of gods in this business, hands down. We saw four of them today. I saw a bunch of them today, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> four of them that were just phenomenal. I mean, I was just phenomenal. And these away. are guys with a pedigree. They come from tough urban inner cities. They go to a shit ton of fires. They're in rescue companies and truck companies that go to work consistently. They all have a pedigree behind them that would boast with some of the biggest and best firefighters in the country. But maybe they're just not on that top 25 stage. They just can't get there. And Tucker, today what I what I noticed about up here in Jersey, man, there was a lot of kids in there. And I'm when I mean kids, I mean they look like my son's older than they are. So, I mean, that puts me like in. <laughs> well, you're, you're old. <laughs> but, I mean, it was like the wide-eyedness of them today with their long West Coast chin straps and their Boston flat leather helmets. I really think it's time for someone to take the lead and get the Pied Piper together and get these guys ready. I mean, those guys were working. They were sweating. Yep. Do you see that up here in Jersey a lot? Well, yeah, now we're seeing more of it. And part of it's because of, you know, the different platforms that are getting right. out there. Right. And, and we're talking about it. And then they're going and looking it up and going and doing these things. I think the I think the real problem is cost, and especially in this area where you have a lot of kids <laughs> that this is a very expensive area. Yeah, yeah. So you know everybody's living with their parents until they're thirty, because <laughs> and especially if they're carrying student debt. Right. So if you make a conference that's going to cost you you know a hundred and fifty dollars just to get there, that's not even the cost of the conference or staying there. That's just getting out there. That's cheap. You know. It costs. So for that same $150, they can take a weekend course. Right. And most of the time, they're doing it with a buddy. So you got a couple people that are coming from different departments. It's just getting them out there. And, you know, a lot of times, well, you know, I don't have the time or I don't. But you need to make the time. This stuff will last you a whole career. Oh, yeah. You know, what you learn. And it's you. you may even be a god. But if you go to one of these things, you're, you're going to pick stuff up. <laughs> you're going to get humbled. You're going to get better. <laughs> you're going to get humbled really So, fast, you know, <laughs> and that's the thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, know, I mean, and you and guys saw that today. That's yeah. part of that's part of the conversation too, right? <laughs> Is that we have a lot of guys, a lot of guys in this fire service, a lot of guys who know it all. <laughs> they they've been on they've been in the firehouse four or five years. They know it all, they've seen it all, they've done it all. It's unbelievable. The thing is this, right? And I talked about this the other night, right? You can fake it. Oh, you can fake it. But man, is it going to bite your ass? <laughs> and not only that, it's not going to bite your ass, but it's going to bite the people you're serving and oh. the brothers that are with you. And, you know, we all like to strut around, man. There's a lot of peacocking that goes on in this world. There's a lot of feathers that go up, right? Think about it, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, and let me tell you, it's, you know, and I'm guilty of it too. Like I, when I was younger, man, I mean, I was a young officer. I was an, I was an aggressive firefighter. I was a young officer. Um, a young chief, 
And I'll tell you right now, man, my mentality today is so different than it was 15 years, even 10 years ago compared. Tucker yeah. can tell you. Tucker knew me as a young officer growing up and who I was. And, and I so had on. this conversation the other day that I called my old captain that when I worked for him, I was like, this guy's an idiot. He don't know nothing. He's a fossil. He's a dinosaur. And I, I sent a message to him the other day. He said, how come now that I'm older, you're smarter? <laughs> But but part of the problem is, you know, we we strive here to become that young officer because we we know a little bit more than the guys that are around us. And we don't recycle that many people. Oh, yeah. So what happens is you gain all this knowledge when you're young and you probably don't have enough time to use it, but you have more knowledge than those people around you. So they put you in these positions. Right. And then you don't get on the job experience. And then all of a sudden you become chief at a young age. And realistically, now's the time that we should be the chiefs sitting back because we don't have quite the physical strength or, you know, some of the things that you're doing. Well, that's because he's he's gone to the gym once this month and I haven't. So, but but I think I think the other thing to go ahead, man, finish out. And then I got something to say. But you're you're running through the entire officer group and you're doing it in a 10 year period and you're done by the time you're 35. Yeah. That's happening a lot in and, the volunteer service, but and, it's all—it's also in career departments. The yep. more career departments you talk to, they're recycling through people very quickly too. They're putting young officers in, and there's a lot of career departments that are saying, "Our our young guys that are now moving up into lieutenant positions don't have the street smart and experience to be in that position yet." But but part of that is is the way we're going through in the paid service, we're getting rid of large chunks. Well, I, I know, get 23 captains right. will be so, leaving my job in the next two years. So what, when, when what you, does that do to your job? It's tough. Think about it. 23 captains, 23 the, captains in 20 plus years. That's over 400 years of experience the, that are going to disappear in 365 days. The only thing I can say that we're very unique is we had a seven-year period where nobody left. Right. So the junior officers do have some chops with them. I'm not saying they don't. But, but, that, but that's very unique. Man, is it difficult to replace guys right. when, and, and when and you have just Now the they job. just earned that, and now they can move up. But you're moving up an entire block. So those lieutenants are now right. becoming captains. Right, and now your lieutenants are being raw, and that's where I was going with. We might have, we might be okay with this round of captains. Fast forward to the next generation is where the hole is going to come. Yeah, because we're losing. Because we're at the point now where we're going to accelerate retirements. Right. So I think this round will be okay. I think it's where the next round, what you're talking about, Jeremy, is where the hole is going to be. Yeah, and 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 we're seeing it. You know, the I think the volunteer service is ahead of that trend. I think the career. Career departments always, uh, everything's cyclical. Everything everything kind of falls in line, right? But I think the volunteers experience the hiccups before the career departments do, right? And I, but I think they parallel themselves with a lot of similarities, right? It's the same type of people, whether it's a job or volunteer. Right. You have the same type of people in these positions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so on. Something I wanted to hit on, too, that Tucker was talking about before, and I just think it's important to say is um, Steve Kalman, a retired deputy chief out of Hackensack, New Jersey, um, has become a friend. And, and we had him in here quite a long time ago, um, and I, I'd love to get him back. But he, you know, he, he pointed out something and, and summed it up nicely, that we are training-based, not experience-based. The way the fire service is trending is we're more, ex, we're more education-based than experience-based, right? Training-based versus experience-based. So if that's the case, fires are down, right? Maybe call volumes up, emergency calls are up, but fire volumes down, right across the board for most people. So we don't have the ability to give on the job training, especially when we're moving guys up through departments, whether volunteer career, right, moving right. them up quicker than we used to. They just don't have the ability or afforded the opportunity to go to fires like yeah. the guys before us, right? Yeah. So we have to accept that as the norm. So then we have to look at the training based. And if we're not getting it through street smart experience every single tour, right? Or anytime your your whistle blows as a volunteer, right? Then you have to look at, well, and we have to accept training-based. And if it's training-based, what does that tell you? That tells you you need to seek out training. 
You need. I think that I think that speaks to what this podcast has been about. Correct. And I think that's why you're. Go, I, I'm. I'm, I'm hoping I'm reading with. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, because now you've getting these. You've get these more experienced firefighters like the salty guys we saw today bringing the experience to the young kids with their wire rim glasses and their Boston flat helmets. And, and I, I agree with you. So now it's up to us, the older guys. To make sure our training is reality based. Today's training was reality based. Yeah, they no were, doubt. They were stretching. They were forcing. They were cutting. They were climbing. They were going after it. So, and that's what I think I've seen in my short amount of twenty two years in the fire service is we don't talk about it anymore. We have to go freaking do it. So I really think that's what ties this podcast together is that everything needs to be hands on oriented. Sure, you've got to learn the skill, but if you're not doing it, right? Well, well, part of what what has changed in my fire department, and I've been on since 1980. Holy! Oh wow! So it's hold been on, a while. <laughs> We're in route, chief. We're in route. <laughs> well, we have to feed the horses first, you know. <laughs> Um, but we had a lot of fires back right. then and really everything we were going to was a real call and a real right. fire. We don't have fires anymore. We maybe have one every four years in my area, yeah. like a real fire, Well, we go to mutual aid fires, right, right, but not right. in your district. What we're doing is we're going to a lot more automobile accidents, extrications, um, all kinds of vehicle things, which we you know, kind of didn't do that much right. before. It was, you know, it, it it's changed. So your training has to change to fit that, but you can't forget that we're a fire department <laughs> and not just a rescue company. Yeah, so let me ask you, you don't do the fires very often. So you have to train in that more. And, and we're training in a different way. We're using all kinds of technology. Where when I started, you know, you go into a nasty fire, you're bringing a rope because you can't see Jack. Right. You know, now, hey, if that camera goes out and this guy's got in there and they didn't take a good look around the outside of the house to know where the windows are, they really have no idea where they are. Right. So we have to incorporate both some of these old techniques and the new techniques let me, just for when those things go down, because that's a problem. Let me yeah. ask you this. You talk about training and you say, yeah, you know, training has changed. And, and Ryan, you, you hit on that, too. And it's hands on and realistic approach with these conferences that we're talking about. Right. They offer they offer the ability for localized hands on training with guys that have the experience and knowledge to train. My thing is, is how do you get you guys there? How do you get? How do you get? The, see, see I, here's the deal, right? I think it's getting better, though. Jimmy. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm not saying it's one way or the other. Right. I looked at, you know, at this conference this past weekend here in New Jersey. Right. I think they had about 120 enrolled. Right. Right. And that's hands-on and lecture, and it's it's uh, afforded these 120 students incredible opportunity to hear some of the best guys in the market and to do hands-on with some of the best guys in the market. There should have been 500 students at oh, this. No, I'm, I'm echoing okay. that. At, so yes. so yes. my thing is, my thing, and, and at a, at, at say, uh, I don't know what the price tag was, but I think in the ballpark, like 150 bucks for the weekend, most departments can cover that in their training budget to oh, allow yeah. five guys to go, right? Yeah. My thing is, is I know we're all busy. Trust me. I have my own <laughs> faults. I get it, right? You're busier than us all. No, but, I, but I'm not. I mean, I should still be finding time to do hands-on. Today we got there. What did the one guy say? He's like, Jeremy, you got your stuff? You got your gear with you? We want to show you what we're doing inside. These guys today, let's talk about this real quick. They told me today what they were doing was they were doing search ahead of the line. They had a room off on the second floor. Primary Bro. search teams going in, searching in front of the line with a can. They were responsible for taking a door off a room down the hallway, dragging the door with them, holding the fire room back until the line got in place while they performed searches. I've done that with my guys in training in my department in acquired structures, but not right. live fire conditions. Right. Yeah. You can pop a closet door off or you can pop a, you know, a bathroom door off and hold back fire. And that's fun with, with simulated smoke and no heat. Right. And so on. But under these conditions today, I mean, that is as realistic training as it gets. And, and what I can't understand, or let me rephrase, I understand finding that balance. How do we get more people to know about this how do we get those students there how do we educate them to say these localized conferences there's a conference coming up in two weeks that's in pennsylvania it's two hours from here they got an incredible lineup of instructors and i hear they're hurting for people 
students, right? We're we're seeing a lot of conferences pop up. I think with popularity of Instagram and right. Facebook and YouTube and and the the growth of trying to get some new instructors out there. One, the one thing I've noticed, tremendous amount of new training groups and companies, right? So you get a couple, you know, I mean, over this weekend alone, the last two days, I've seen probably five independent training companies run by like one guy, and then he's got right. his cadre of guys that that train. Some of these companies are big. Some are two, three-man companies, right? And they do training. And I think it's great. I think it all adds to the value of the fire service as long as the guys that are running those companies and the guys that are teaching and training have the pedigree to do so. I think it's a value win for the fire service in general because it allows us it allows us to have more opportunity, right. more impact. The, the greater it is, the bigger it is, the more impact we can have on a greater mass, right? If we only had one or two training groups and they're, they're regionalized and, and a kid in, in the middle of central Jersey doesn't have the ability to go to Connecticut or Pennsylvania to one of those groups for one of their conferences, you know, they lose. But if we have some of them and they're vetted and they're good groups of guys and they come from, you know, a background that allows them to, to have a company like that and to train, it's a good opportunity, right? So there was a lot of these groups there, and I think that's good. I think it's good, and I think it opens the door, but we have to entice our people to go. We- I, I think that's where you and I are going to have to come in. I think that's where you guys and I am going to have to come in. Number one, we're going to have to get rid of some egos around the fire station because I'm telling you what right now, Mr. Peacock would have showed up to what we saw today. He might, he or she might lose a couple feathers. They wouldn't show up. When, uh, that's thing, that's the thing. Well, it, it, so how do we break down that barrier? Right. I'm telling you, it, I, at one point I'm like, listen, Jeremy, we got to go find some gear. And I was like, yeah. I'm going to probably get embarrassed because I won't have my stuff, whatever. But you know, that's okay. Well, yeah, you're, you're learning and you're, you're seeing your that's limits. Right. And, you know, a lot of us don't even know our limits because we haven't been pushed that far. <laughs> You know, so, uh, something, I, something I was thinking about, and you brought the guy up before, that old salty guy that was running the burn center with, with fantastic, some of the other guys, right? Fantastic right. guy. This guy was just going through the paces, walking. If you look at the guys that taught, and one, of the, and, and, uh, one or two of the guys down there are friends. They're, they're on my department. They're career guys. They volunteer with me, you know, the whole nine yards, and, and I'm, I know them very well. Um, the one guy we were talking to told me that they worked so hard yesterday, he was shot today, and he yeah. had to do a whole other day in the burn center. If you look at these guys... These guys that are doing that every single day understand heat. Yeah. They understand the difference in class. They see it all down there, right? When they're training two nights a week in live fire conditions like they are. Right. I mean, when I when I tell you this is a controlled building, however, the heat in this place is outstanding. And it really pushes you. I mean, I've been in that building on my belly. I mean, that that's how hot that place has gotten. I've been training in there. Those guys understand heat. 90% of the kids out in the parking lot have never felt heat like those guys feel, right? And that's yeah. not even in real-world conditions, right? So, But it gives, you the, it gives you the contrast of when you get in the real-world positions. Oh, I agree. So, so yeah. I, I, I'll give you an example. Is it's, that's, I'm, I'm completely on board with you because I really think that we need to put our firefighters in live fire conditions, I would say, at least quarterly. Yeah. Because sometimes you forget how hot is hot. When I made my rescue, I had this conversation with Ryan. Hey, Ryan, you need to get down the hallway. I was like, man, Ryan, I'm not feeling this hallway. That fire is underneath me. It's like, yeah, well, it's not really that hot. This is a survivable space. Get your fat butt down that hallway and make this rescue. Because it's not natural to go over top of a fire. And I knew I was over top of it. But it's like having that experience. And it's just, I really think we need to put everyone in it. From the chief of the department down to Snotnose Proby. Yeah, when... uh when I was training some juniors, I used to take them up when we were allowed to bring them into the burn buildings. I would take them to the highest point and we would sit there. And what we were doing is I just said, look, sit, feel the heat. Right. And eventually you'll get too much and you'll feel your blood pressure go up. That's when it's time to start thinking about getting the hell out. But you need to know your body to do that and to do it in a calm situation you can get there and, and do it. When, when your mind is going a million miles an hour, then you're not, you're not focusing on your own body and you don't know when you've had enough. And if we don't have that heat, you're never going to recognize Here, that. Here's the other issue too, right? And, and this is what I'm concerned about. We're talking about the, the, the know-it-alls, the peacockers, right? The guys that... <laughs> peacockers. <laughs> we need gonna, to, how about peacocker soak suckers? <laughs> yeah, all right. Anyway. No, I, uh, yeah, oh boy. We're going to edit that out. Do we have to? <laughs> I, we need to get... Peacock- uh, 
like cork soaking. <laughs> Can we get some stickers made up? Yeah, we could do something just with the peacock. I'm one. sorry, we'll have to beep all that. But listen, the reason why I used uh, the reason why I just said that, and I know Pennington runs a tight ship here, but but the reason why I said that, right, is let's just get back to it a little bit, right? This is we're talking about training based, and we're talking about these conferences and so on. But those kids that know it all are not the ones that are going to these conferences no. because they're afraid because. You will get called out when it's time to perform, right? I have, you know how many alarm specialists I know? You know how many guys are alarm specialists that, man, they are so salty when they go to these fire alarms and carbon monoxide alarms or smells and bells, right? And they're barking at people and they know everything, right? And then when the, and then when the job comes in, right? Legit job, second do, third do, Right? I mean, Go the, the block. that's Go the type the block. of thing. I think, I think what we have to do is break down some barriers. One, I think we have to tell and let, educate our guys to understand that, you know what? You don't have to be that way. You don't have to keep your guard up. I think a lot of the guard is because of the negativity. I think a lot of the guard is your ball breaking. There's a difference in ball breaking. There's a difference in being an asshole. Right? right. Yeah. And there and can in be the, a very the, fine line there. Uh, I agree. I listen. I'm I'm a big ball breaker. I love the thing about shops, you, but, Jeremy. Is it's like you're like bring it. I can take it. I might dish it out a little bit, but I can take it. And maybe that's where this PC world that we live in. And maybe I'm need to be speaking this to myself. Your feelings really don't matter when it comes to performance. And if you're underperforming, your feelings really don't matter. And you're going to have to eat some humble pie at some point. You know, it's funny. I a lot of people think I'm cocky. A lot of people think that I'm. <laughs> Quite the it's, opposite. It's confidence. Yeah, it's confidence, and it, and it's the other thing too is that I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm not good at. I know right, and it's understanding yourself and understanding that I can't be good at everything. No, I can't be able to. I can't do everything, right? And it's that fine line of understanding where you need help, but it's also that fine line of understanding your confidence. And and for me, I'm I'm very confident in what I do, and and that goes through my personal life and it goes into the firehouse. And so you know, people that are threatened or people that. Uh, People that don't like confidence or not are or maybe aren't sure of themselves or who they are right are threatened well th this is also no? oh that's I'm agreeing yeah. with you but but this is also a team sport well see that's that's a thing and, that's and you I need to know both if you're the chief you're the coach right and you need to know what your players can do and you don't put them into a situation where they know they can't handle and you put those people that you know that can do that into those spots right. and take other people that might not be as experienced with them so they can get that experience. But this is this is like playing a sport that's a little more dangerous than most sports. Right. But you have to know your players and you have to use them accordingly. Well, it, 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 but there also has to be a level of proficiency across the board. And I don't care whether whether volunteer or career. Right. Listen, it's not just volunteer. You know, it's easy to point the finger at volunteer and say, mm. you know, oh, yeah, well, they got all walks of life over there. Some of these guys can't even tie their own shoes. They can't even bend over. Right. But guess what? It's everywhere. It is everywhere. It's I, everywhere. It's not just volunteer. It's no. career as but, well. But and there's, there's there's a yeah. there's rock stars. And there's leaders, there's followers, there is aggressive, there's passive. It's life. And more so now than ever. You know, the fire service years and years ago, when I was growing up, and I'm talking as a kid, I'm 42. So when I grew up in the firehouse in the 80s. We just got rid of right? the horses then. When I grew up in the firehouse in the 80s, like all those guys to me were blue collar. Right. They hit their finger yeah. with a hammer and they just move on, right? No, but, exactly. <laughs> but that's right. a good now, point because kids used to mow the lawns for their I parents agree. and they used to, oh, the lawnmower doesn't start. So you worked on it until it got fixed. None of these people, whether you're paid or volunteer, are coming into the service with that basic knowledge but, anymore. But, and we can sit here and say that, but I can't fault them for that. It's the no, way no, our, because we raised them. Like, yeah. Well, of course, but it's also way society moves on. Listen, before electricity, they had uh, ice boxes, right? You had to carry ice. You had to I know that. Coal. Like, but, but my thing is this: technology, technology changes, right? Advancement in the world changes, right? So, I thought you were trying to hold my hand. So, the, just no, calming them getting, down. It's getting really weird. <laughs> That's what we used to do the horses to calm them down nice. too. But where, where I'm simply going is this, right? We, it's easier to sit here and point the finger. It's easier to sit here and bitch than try to find a way to fix. Here's and the way you fix it. It's my fault. 
I'll give you that. I mean, that's part of the equation, sure. I'm either the officer, I'm either the junior officer, I'm either the senior man or the, or the junior female man. I don't think you say that. <laughs> if so, we all take the ownership of where we are at in this life and try to support each other instead of tearing them down, you're going to have a badass crew. Period. Agreed. Agreed. It's, 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 so it's responsibility. It's taking on responsibility for your own actions and the actions of your crew and your department, right? Nobody wants to own anything anymore. Everybody's afraid to own it because we walk on eggshells in life. I can't, if I state my political view right now, uh, I'll be, I'll be, be torn apart. Right. Or if I'm, if I'm a little bit religious, torn apart, sexist, right? Any of it, right? Right. I mean, I, man, yeah, I got, don't I got tell views. A joke Let me tell days. you something. I have, I have my opinions <laughs> on all this stuff. And, and at the end of the day, right, everybody's afraid of everything now. And I think that sucks. The problem is in the fire service, we cannot be afraid. We cannot be afraid of everything. Sometimes feelings get hurt. Sometimes you physically get hurt. Sometimes it doesn't go your way. Sometimes you can disagree, but we can still be friends. Now more than ever, especially in the political climate and the bullshit that we live in now, you could beep that one out too. <laughs> you know what? Don't be so sensitive. The fire service and sensitivity is difficult, and that is a challenge every single day. And I think, I think we need some thicker skin. I think we need to toughen up a little bit. I think we don't always have to have the answers, but it's okay to say we don't have the answer. Too often... We're finding excuses or ignoring things. I've seen so many behavioral things that need to be addressed, but we'll rather change the rule for everyone instead of addressing one individual. That's a problem, right? Think about Ooh. that. But it happens everywhere. Ooh. It happens everywhere. And so part of it is the fire service, but it's, it's inevitably because of the way society is today. How do we fix that in our own little culture? How do we I fix that? I think it that? needs to come down to company level yeah. responsibility. Yeah. Because you know what? I'm not going to say that I have different political views than a lot of my guys in my station. Boy, I sure act like it because I like ribbing them like really, really hard. But you know what? But, Nobody's feelings get hurt. We still love each other. I still have their dinner made. They still do my dishes because I don't do dishes. My man, it's okay to disagree. Yeah. It's okay to have a different opinion. It's okay to believe in something different than the guy sitting next to you. I don't know anything about you guys i mean i do but i don't like i don't know nobody know and this is the other thing too and I, I teach my kids this and i i've only come into this recently and i say I, a lot of my mentality of of who i am and growing up was in the last few years for me i'm 42 uh -oh. years old I, I believe that trust me the last two years has been a smack in my face Absolutely. me too brother me too yeah. and especially when i get out and i start talking to people and i start hearing the stories and i start i start feeling I start feeling what people are telling me and I go, wow, you know, this national fire radio thing has really snowballed into something much bigger than I ever thought it could mm -hmm. be. And, and not that, not that we're important, Tucker, like we don't, you know, we're, we're just a bunch of guys that are trying to bring to light the good in the fire service and trying to just do our little part. And if that little part becomes a big part of the machine, awesome. If it remains a small little part, great. The thing is this, is I've done a lot of growing up in the last two years under National Fire Radio. I've, and before that, since I've become a father and then my children, and you grow up and you consistently evolve and grow up. But I've learned this, even with some of my best friends, you know, mental health's a big thing now in the fire service and emergency Huge. services, right? And so on. Nobody knows, nobody knows what's going on behind closed doors. Nope. Nobody knows what's going on in somebody's head. I mean, Tucker's staring at me right now. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Think about it, though. Nobody knows what's going on. I look like I'm a happy, jovial guy on National Fire Radio. I'm opinionated, got my ideas, love for the job. You don't know what happens when the camera goes off. You don't know what happens when I go home. You don't know how I treat my wife and my children. You don't know how I run my business. Like, nobody knows. And I think, I think this is part of the issue. It's very easy to pick. It's very easy to point out. It's very easy to go after somebody. It's very easy to bust balls to the point of becoming an asshole. You don't know what's happening behind closed doors. You don't know why somebody's being the way they are. You don't know why they're acting out or introverted. You don't know why. You don't You don't know. And I tell my, I, I really, I talk to my kids about this all the time. And I said, you can't judge what you see. I Listen, when I grew up, I was a bully, man. I was a big kid on the school bus. I would pick on kids. 
I had a, I had a blast, man. I was a bully. And then I got my ass handed to me in a fight. And this kid knocked me out cold on the school bus, man. I had the biggest shiner in my life. And that was a very humbling experience. And that was in eighth grade. And I'll never forget that. Kareem Al-Taki knocked the shit out of me. Fact. Fact. And you know what? It was very humbling. And since that day, that sticks with me. And I just saw him not too long ago at a high school reunion. And I walked up to him and we were bullshitting, shook hands, whatever. And I said, I said, do you remember this? He goes, he goes, yeah. I said, it's one of the best experiences of my life. I think now more than ever, kids need to get punched in the face. That's, I'm not kidding. No, I, I, I'm not kidding. I, too often, guys aren't being knocked down. They're not being humbled. They ride the wave of this, you know, I've gotten away with it this long. I've done this. I can act like this and nobody's stopping me. But you know, part of that is, and I'll call it hazing right. for, we used to be able to do things like that. And then you would find the person's limit. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think like, I don't, listen, I went to college, right? I mean, I get it. I get all of it, right? Hazing, ball busting, whatever you want to call it. Whatever you right? want to call it. I but understand it, that. It, there's, it, there's value to it, but it also didn't work all the time. And it also ostracized people or it also, um, you know, it worked when society allowed it to work. Nowadays, you can't. And it's not because it's not politically correct. You just can't anymore because it's not the same mentality of people coming through the system. Right? True, but and, you need to know who's behind you because, you know, you don't if you know somebody's limit and you know that, oh, they trust you. So they're going to follow it. Some people will follow you into anything right. blind. But those people who know... But that doesn't that doesn't have anything to do with how far I bust your balls. That has everything to do with how hard I push you in training and understanding how good you that's, are. But that's and, what I mean as far as raising right. in the job. It's not, it's not just, you know, shooting bullshit and putting people down. That's not what I'm talking about. Right. I'm talking about pushing people to their limits... With job type scenarios, but I think which we can still, still is kind of hazing if you look at it because ah, you're putting it's, them. It's not. It's well, the job. But, it's the job. But we're not doing as much of that. Yeah, and, and so let's and address that's that. Where Why? You have to push because the guys people. that are senior in the firehouse these days are too freaking lazy and don't want to work at it anymore. And that's that, the problem. That's the problem. Hold on. Hold on. That's the mic drop moment. I agree with you 100. percent And it's mine and your generation that's doing it now. Absolutely. I don't have the time I used to have. No. I'm not in the firehouse as much. I was on five runs last night. I went on five freaking runs last night. We were busy last night. Five calls last night. I don't know for a lot of people listening, that's nothing. For a, a suburban volunteer town, I had to disrupt everything I was doing five times last night after nine o'clock at night. To that's go, after, that's to go after out the door. a full day of work plus the, the right, right, keynote right. you did last but, night. But my thing is this. I'm okay with that. I'm not, I'm not bitching about no, that. No, no, I'm not no, complaining no. about that. But the thing is this. How many guys with 24 years on like me showed up at those calls? None of them. <laughs> Maybe one or two. Wow. My thing is this. I don't have time to go to the firehouse every single Monday night for training anymore. I don't have time to go to all the business meetings. I don't have time for all the fundraisers and dinners and all that stuff, especially starting National Fire Radio. On top of my family and blah, 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 blah. I'm just as guilty as everybody else in the fire service because I don't have the time I used to have. I don't have the time. And it's so much easier to sit here and complain than it is to say, you know what, Jay? I got two hours tonight. It's a Wednesday night. And instead of sitting on my ass and watching TV for two hours, I should get up and go to the firehouse. Yep. But I don't. Right? That's the difference. The senior guys today aren't working as hard as the senior guys of yesterday. That's fact. I don't care. You can argue with me all you want. And, and the senior guys that are still pushing and working hard, bravo, man. Let me like, tell you, I got a huge takeaway. You got his book set behind you. I got a chance to listen to Bobby Eckert yesterday. Yeah. He said something that absolutely smacked me across the face. He's been in Camden 15 years, yeah, 13 years. I, I don't years. know, but yeah. He, he said that he don't have to look at the map book anymore because he knows all the streets, all the hydrants. Yep. And I was like, ooh, because I depend on my phone for everything. Because everything I've got now, I just pop up my phone, find my plug, tell you how the, far the distance was and what color it is and everything. That but he, he can, also rides around and looks at all the abandoned buildings and then starts to go, well, this that's is the how level we fight of a captain and, and somebody absolutely. that I need. To yeah. Everybody needs one of those. Yeah. I'm not trying to be a downer here. I'm not trying to bring it around. But my thing is this. We're going to point fingers. Let's start at the top and work our way down. And the young kids coming in the firehouse today need more guidance now than ever. Tucker, you re, you re, you referred to it before. 
small engine repair, mowing your own lawn. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Kids don't have to do that anymore. But it doesn't mean that they're not any better right. or worse, right? No. What it means is they just need another level of skill sets. But that means that the senior guy has to even work harder. When we have to explain what mix is, when you have to explain two cycle, right? Like people, like kids don't understand that. So where we used to tell the kid, grab a saw, go up the ladder and cut a four by four hole. Do it. This is how we cut inspection holes. This is how we do this. This is, but we took for granted. They knew how to do that. Right. Now we have to explain to them how to take the chainsaw guard off, how to start a chainsaw. Whereas 20 years ago, you didn't have to tell them how to start it. They knew this. These are these things. But the problem is, is that the older guys need to be tutoring the younger guys more than ever. And we're not. But I'm I, not. But I, I think I'm part, of, part of that has to come come down to nobody has as much time as they used to. At least that's what it seems like. So what do like. we do? Because when, when I was growing up in the firehouse, they'd sit around the coffee table every Sunday. I agree. And it was, it was my job as a young guy to get in on that. Right. You know, and, and you kind of had to work at it because those guys really didn't, you know, they'd tell stories, but what's this guy doing around here kind of thing so it was both it was it's it's both a young person and an old person's thing as far as we still need to be have that round table and tell these people that but those young guys also need to join in on it and they have to remember this nobody has as much time as they used to so we don't See, have that leisurely time at the firehouse sit around for two or three hours and you know See, I think that's where I think we had it in the old days. I, this is where, and, and, and Jeremy, you asked, what do we do? Here's Ryan's suggestion is whoever's listening to this podcast, whether you're the chief officer or the brand new day one probationary, you might not get it all from your firehouse, but I can guarantee you're going to get it. Some of it from jump seat radio, a lot of it from national fire radio. You're going to get a lot of it from traditions training. I mean, Nick Martin, if you're listening, buddy, you know that my man crush is Nick Martin. If you don't follow him on Instagram, you're doing yourself a disservice because the guy puts out little nuggets of awesome every minute of every day. It's just like his Instagram feeds the best. And if you don't reach, and I'm going to circle this back around to the training companies. Yeah. Firehouse Innovations, was it today? Yeah, there were uh, a couple different ones there today. I mean, there's a lot of different groups. but uh... I think that's where the gap gets filled. I think the gap gets filled on a national, and then you've got to bring it home and bring it to your crew. So, hey, listen, today I learned XYZ from John Haywick. He was killing it today. Yeah. They were breaking into hotel rooms with a freaking political sign and a piece of rope. And he's like, this is how you get into hotel rooms. So when we go to FDIC or wherever, I'm breaking into Jeremy's room. <laughs> and he showed me how to lock himself out of his own room. That was fantastic. So start there. Bring it back to your crew. And then start working on where you are on the food chain and fill your role. Period. Period. All right, everyone, you've been listening to Jump C Ring. <laughs> I guess we're over. No. I, I will say this, right? I mean, this this topic today has been fantastic, right? We're talking about training. We're talking about just the culture in the firehouse, the newer generation, older generation, all of it. At the end of the day, my message the other day when I did a, a quick little, um, you know, opening ceremony speech for the event this weekend right. was at the end of the day, the job is still good, right? The job is still good. And... The negativity, right? Even what we're talking about today is not uplifting. It's not, yeah. you know, the training aspect is. But then we start talking about, you know, I like partly what we do here is we just talk. You know, the issues we just talked about for the last 40 minutes are hitting every single firehouse career volunteer across yep. the country. Everywhere. Guaranteed. 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 Right? And all we do is talk about it. And we're not offering any solutions, right? We're not offering uh, how to fix it because I don't know what the fix is. What I do well, we know- we kind of are because we told, yeah. we've told well, everybody they need to get together and at least bullshit. Yeah, but, but I think, I, yeah, but we're not offering any, there's there's no solid one answer here that we could because offer. Because we don't right? have, it's not no, a one fit, it's not a one-stop shop. Exactly. And each company's different and the, yeah. the people I, that are in it are different. Exactly, exactly where I'm you at. may have a strong chief. I may have a weak chief. You may have the best senior man on the planet. You might not have any senior men or women. Yeah. So, or mean, you I, might have an up-and-coming lieutenant that the hierarchy beats down. Oh. There's a lot of that going well, on. Well, see, I, 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 I get tired of that bull crap. And it, listen. That's just an excuse. Listen. It, company levels needs to be company levels, period. 
Turn that white noise. Your chief might be an idiot. Don't care. It does, should not affect your day-to-day operations on Rescue 333 or Engine 332 or whatever we saw today. That's where we need to get that white new noise out. Focus in on the job. Focus in on supporting your brother and sister and just being kind. It is hugely important to understand and vet who you take your advice and opinions from. I always worry about that, Jeremy. I always worry about that when I produce content. I want to make sure that I've got contextualized because a lot of my hoarding stuff is coming from different areas. How does someone vet Ryan Pennington and know that I'm not full of absolute crap? Yeah, it's difficult, right? I mean, the average person, but I think what it comes down to is what we were talking about earlier with um, you know, getting your content out there and putting it. Your content speaks for itself, right? Right. When, when you have a message to share or you specialize in a certain field or something in the business, um, your content speaks for it. If your content is seen as fluff, if your content is seen as thin or it doesn't hold water, right? You're not going to make it. You can fake it, just like in a fire service. No, you we, can. F- we had this conversation you at can, length. Absolutely. You <laughs> can fake it, man, but you're going to get caught, and you're going to get called out. The guys that are willing to put it out there, the guys that are willing to sign and take responsibility for the content, accepts responsibility for their content. And then it's up to the end user to determine if they believe it and if it's believable, right? It's just like anything else. We elect a, a politician based on their speech, right? based on their track record based on all this stuff, but we don't know how they're going to do, right? So you have to have some trust, but trust is always supported by fact. Trust is always supported by your content, your brand, who you are, authenticity, transparency, all of that, right? National Fire Radio, we talk about tradition and culture. We talk about fire apparatus. I'm not going to go tell you how to stretch a line because that's not my place. The guys this morning that were teaching at the burn building, (laughs) they'll tell you how to stretch that line because they know a hell of a lot more than I do. Well, and and I think you're you're, you're spot on there once again. And I think when I teach somebody, I'm like, listen, don't think that I'm the priest up here that's been talking to God. Go home and get in the word. Yeah. Take what I take. Take what I'm going to share with you. I always say, read it, learn it, burn it. Go read about it. Go learn it and then go find something, hopefully legally burn it. <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, last weekend in Louisiana, the two guys and, and their names are escaping me right now. And I, I am so angry with myself. Um, they had 25 instructors there from across the country. Um, incredible experience. There was one on a second floor where they were doing a through the floor prop where they were putting a firefighter through the floor. Right. And it had nothing to do with and I don't. Don't hate me. I don't remember all the names of all the fancy drills like Denver drill and blah, 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 blah. I, I just don't know. Right. Yeah. Right. So it wasn't a hand line through the floor. It was their own methodology of how to remove a firefighter right. that is that is hanging suspended from the second floor to the first floor. And they're hung up with their pack and their gear in the hole and the hole doesn't break clean. And all these training evolutions I've ever done through the floor. It was a nice clean hole yeah, and everything right. else. Right. It's not the case. These guys built such a great prop. And the training was so good. We're going to be putting out like a 10-minute 10, 10, uh, 10 piece of content on it. The best thing that came out of all that training that I watched, and I, st- I stood there and listened to these guys, and I recorded the whole thing, and it was awesome. And the best thing that came out of it was, at the end of it, they go, take what we taught you, take it home, practice, practice it, spread the word. This isn't the only way to do this. This is the way we know how to do it. And we're happy to bring that to you, but find your way. Take what we've taught you. Take, they showed how to build the prop. They showed how to put everything together. They didn't want any of the IP, right? We talked about this before. They want to share the good word, the gospel, right? And that is important in this job. And so to go back to what you were saying, that's how you get validation. That's how you get credit. That's how you become that expert in that field because you're willing to put it out there and accept responsibility for it. And I think that's important. Too much of that, you know, when when I tell people all the time, I go, training space on social media, I hate social media, but Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, anybody can have a training page. Sure. Anybody can watch Ryan Pennington's content and then just put their own little spin on it and throw it up there and, be, and try to be the king, right? But how do you vet that? You're right. How does a young kid take that and say, well, I trust this guy? It just comes from longevity. It comes from experience, know-how, and understanding. It also comes from gut. I'm a huge judge of character. I'm a huge judge of people. And I get a read on people very quickly because it's just what I do. Right. Well, and the thing about that is with the IP stuff and something I struggled with when I put so much time into my topic is 
am I really doing this for the right reason? If I have 10 instructor people want to go teach hoarder firefighting, go teach it. Go teach it. Quote your sources is the only thing I always say. Quote your sources. That's it. Take my stuff. Quote who did it. Go spread it. Because I can't reach the 3.6 million firefighters, whatever it is in the United States, and try triple that if we go the rest of the world. Yep. All right, Tucker. Man, thanks for bringing me to the she-she shed. <laughs> I'm back in the she-shed. Are we wrapping this thing up? Yeah. Man, we're How long have we been going? Uh, an hour. Already? All right. <laughs> Holy crap. Well, listen, I don't know if we made any good heads or tails oh. of any of this. It was um, good conversation. Yeah. That was great conversation. And, and I think that people will learn just from that. They take a little bit of what we say. They go out and take the training, take see, see things that they're doing, and work on it and see if it works for them. If it works for you, then you're good. If, if it not, doesn't, you might find then, a better way. Right. Either either alter it a little bit or throw it out and go for something else. Right. And and lastly, again, the job is good. We can sit around and bitch and moan. We can complain. We can point fingers. But at the end of the day, it's still the best institution in the world. And so let's make it good. Let's keep it being good. If you see it slipping away, if you don't like the direction it's going, change it. Be a leader. Stand up. Fix it. If you don't know how to fix it, Try. At least you try. Find like-minded people. Find people that believe in the same goals and values you have. Find people that when the negativity is starting to run rampant, you go right to that cancer and kill it. I talked about it the other night real quick, Ryan. I don't mean to end on a, a rant, but, <laughs> but we're just, going no, to. You know what? <laughs> Screw it, man. We got the platform. We're allowed to do this. <laughs> Stand by for news. Listen, <laughs> cancer is the biggest thing in the fire service right now. Cancer and mental health. The problem is is cancer, the medical cancer, we talk about, and we're addressing that. Mental health, we're addressing it. What about cancer in the firehouse? What about the cancer in the firehouse? Why aren't we addressing that? Why are we letting, why are we letting that cancer spread and destroy our departments and our, our traditions? The guys that put in all those years so long before us, we're destroying them every single day if we let this cancer spread. We need to protect this job. We need to protect our fire companies, our individual companies, our individual cultures and traditions. And when we don't do that, the cancer is spreading. We need to stop medical cancer. We need to stop the firehouse cancer. They have to stop. And if we're addressing the medical cancer, let's address the firehouse cancer too. The firehouse cancer can be stopped a lot quicker than the medical cancer. Absolutely. So let's go do that. Do it. That is it. I am done. Paul Harvey? <laughs> That's ridiculous, right? <laughs> anyway. But listen, man, I am so glad you're here. Thanks for coming to New Jersey. Yeah. Thanks for now driving get the me hell around. out. <laughs> well, you didn't want to drive I'd, around yourself. No, no, I did not. <laughs> I'm not an aggressive driver whatsoever. Aggression <laughs> driving does not go in right. That's not aggressive. This is just being aware. <laughs> oh, my God. You should see what happens when we have rush hour. That's aggressive driving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, though, it's it's always a pleasure to have you here. Always. Um, you and I talk outside of this um, on the regular and so on, and we've become friends, and uh, I, I value your friendship and, same, and same. appreciate that. Um, I, I think this, man, to sum all this up, I think what we're all doing is good. Whether you agree with us, like us, don't like us, at the end of the day, our pages are all about spreading the good word and trying to make this job a little bit better. It's, it's giving people something and, to talk about, too. Well, and I think the key... The, the key that I want someone listening to this is don't be afraid to take what you know and share it. Don't hoard, pun intended, what you know. Be those guys that show up to the Bergen County and share it. Be those guys that show up to the Franklin Lakes Fire Department and share it. And listen, man, if you have something to share and you're afraid to share it, there's a problem. Yeah. And that culture needs to be addressed. Yeah, I, I can recall going through a couple of steps when That's, you're right. We, we had some older guys that said, well, you need to do it this way. And we knew it was wrong. But what we did was we proved it. Right. So that way you can go, all right, did you see what happened here? Now let's sit and talk about why this happened. Now let's do it the what is supposedly the right way. And now you can see the difference in how it worked. And now you'll know how to do this in the future. And you can take both of those things right. and use them. So listen, I know you want to rap. <laughs> and we just keep dragging this out. But that's what we do. I, so think, so think Pennington, it. take us out on one of your Ryan Pennington, like smooth rap endings <laughs> where you're like, all right, everybody, this is Ryan Pennington from the She Shed. Thanks for joining us here tonight. Blah, blah, blah. Come on, give me something smooth. What do you got? 
All right, everyone. We're going to wrap it up here at the National Fire Radio World Headquarters. I cannot thank Tucker and my main man, Jeremy, for your friendship, for your encouragement, and for your platform that is National Fire Radio. If you guys don't follow follow them on Instagram, Facebook, and on the YouTubes, go like, share, subscribe, because you must be living under a rock if you don't know who National Fire Radio is. So where are you going to be at, Ryan? I'm headed down to the King of Prussia Fire Department tomorrow. I get to have dinner with the Rube tonight. Rube. Dennis Rubin's a really good friend. Looking forward to paying, um, having dinner with him tonight. Hopefully we'll get him on the podcast tomorrow. And then tomorrow, King of Prussia. And then the next week, we're going to Nash Vegas. Nash Vegas. The CEO of Jump Seat Training is going to be down there. If you guys are headed down to Firehouse Expo, please look me up. I'll be walking around the show floor supporting my great friend, Peter Matthews. Looking forward to a great conference down at Firehouse. And I will be teaching with Butch Cobb, retired deputy chief from New Jersey City, New Jersey. I can't get away from New Jersey. It's like this magnet of New Jersey. Other than that, make sure you're like, share, and subscribe here on the iTunes. We're looking for that five-star, five-star rating for the podcast so we can get more members of the Jump Seat Nation. We'll take care, everyone. We'll see you next week.